If you thought white supremacists was a U.S. problem, think again. According to the U.N., white supremacists and neo-Nazis are becoming a transnational threat. Why would this elevate to a threat level at this point? Another key question, how have the groups taken advantage of the pandemic to boost their support? That's what the U.N. has said. Just some of the questions we will be asking our guests in this edition of the debate. The UN Secretary General says white supremacy and the rise of neo-Nazi groups are becoming a transnational threat, warning that the coronavirus pandemic is not helping things. Antonio Guterres told the UN Human Rights Council that risk mounts to terrorism. We must also step up the fight against resurgent neo-Nazism, white supremacy and racially and ethnically motivated terrorism. The danger of these hate-driven movements is growing by the day. Let us call them what they are. White supremacy and neo-Nazi movements are more than domestic terror threats. They are becoming a transnational threat. These and other groups have exploited the pandemic to boost their ranks through social polarization and political and cultural manipulation. Guterres did not name any states, but he warned that groups preaching hate are now the number one internal security threat for several countries. The U.S. has been under the spotlight for racially motivated tensions over the past years, more than any other country. Racial tensions simmered under the presidency of Donald Trump, with some months-long protests triggered by the murder of unarmed African-American George Floyd in the hands of white police officers in 2020. Many described it as the most serious social unrest in the U.S. since the civil rights movement of the 1960s. But at least for U.S. officials, nothing was as serious as the siege of the Capitol Hill building but what incumbent President Joe Biden called thugs, insurrectionists, political extremists and white supremacists. Guterres hinted at the incident when he warned of hate groups being cheered by people in position of responsibility. Trump openly slammed anti-fascist protests against right-wing extremism amid cheers by white supremacists. But he's not the only Western leader to have attempted to bring back pro-racism rhetoric to center stage. Far-right political parties are now a new reality of politics across Europe. The continent has also been struck by neo-Nazi protests. Far-right politics and protests have been taking different forms, with Britain, France, Germany, Italy and the Netherlands being some of the hotbeds recently. But a few commonalities tie them all together. They attempt to revive toxic notions of white superiority by stoking fear of religious, ethnic and racial minorities with a focus on Islam, immigrants and non-whites. That's sugar-coated with models of defense against threats encroaching on what they tend to call accepted Western values. In May 2019, Italian Deputy Prime Minister Matteo Salvini led a rally of his European far-right allies in Milan. There, he vowed to remold Europe by crackdown on immigrants while protecting the perceived European civilization. That was foreshadowed by international gatherings of neo-Nazi groups in Germany, Poland and the US. Guterres now warns that this is leading to a growing network of hateful ideologies. Individuals and groups are engaged in a feeding frenzy of hate fundraising, recruiting and communicating online, both at home and overseas, traveling internationally to train together and network their hateful ideologies. The rise of far-right has led to a surge in attacks on minorities in Western countries, including Britain, France, Germany and the US, where authorities have been reporting hundreds of racially charged attacks on Muslims and mosques for over the past years. During the coronavirus pandemic, such incidents have also taken the new shape of certain restrictions on minorities' access to medical care and vaccines. Warnings like the one from the UN chief have been there for some time, but a problem lingers on in the absence of meaningful action from Western governments. Our guest joining us for this edition of the debate, editor at Culture Wars online magazine, Michael Jones, joins us from South Bend, Indiana. We also have author and broadcaster Jonathan Fryer, who joins us from London. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, if I may first start with you, Michael Jones. 
uh, and uh, ask your reaction about what the UN has said, well, th what the UN has warned us about, that uh, white supremacists and neo-Nazi groups are becoming a transnational threat. Tell us how that has happened, in your opinion, and why has it become a threat now, not before? Uh, l let me begin by saying that in all the years that I've been <clears throat> uh, contributing to Press TV, this has got to be one of the dumbest, most preposterous statements I have ever heard in my life, okay? This is a complete fabrication on the part of the oligarchs to demonize a group of people who are simply trying to stay alive and survive under really horrible conditions. I'm talking about the United States of America. Wow. Uh, I think we lost e. Michael Jones for the time being. Well, he made his there point. Was no, and Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, you were frozen for I, a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I'm, Am I on or not? Yes, you are. Go ahead. Okay, I'm going to go one step further, and I'm going to say there are no white people in the United States of America. White is a political category that is based on certain characteristics that gets imposed on groups of people for political purposes to demonize them. That's what's going on here. It's that simple. There's no threat in the United States, and there's certainly no international threat. This is pure oligarch speech. So, uh, okay, pure oligarch speech there, Jonathan Fryer, is what our guest there is saying. Uh, and also, if I m understood him correctly, um, he has blasted the statement coming from the UN, in particular, it came from the UN Secretary General that uh, is calling, uh, or is making the statement, white supremacists, in reference perhaps to the US here. Uh, is is uh, E. Michael Jones there justified in his anger, I should say? Well, uh, I listened with great interest to what Michael had to say, but I disagree completely. I think that the UN Secretary General was quite correct. There really is a problem, not only in North America, but also here in Europe. Indeed, European uh, intelligence agencies, including the British MI5, the Internal Intelligence Agency, have stepped up its monitoring of far-right white extremist groups and individuals um, ahead of the previously, uh, the attention focused mainly on Islamist extremists. Um, there really is a problem, and this has got worse during the COVID uh, pandemic. We saw it with the Proud Boys who marched with others on the Capitol Hill last month in Washington. We've seen it here in Britain and in other European countries. And several far-right politicians have taken advantage of the proportional representation in countries like the Netherlands to win seats in the parliament of the different countries. And indeed, Marine Le Pen, the head of the right-wing group, which is overtly anti-Islamic, is highly likely to win at least the first round of the presidential election, though she may be defeated in the second round, thanks to the French political system. Mm -hmm. Well, E. Michael Jones, uh, the anger that you expressed on what the U.N. Secretary General has said uh, somewhat parallels what the U.S. President Joe Biden said recently, that white supremacists uh, are the greatest domestic terror threat in the U.S. And calling, and let me just read off, calling what people who support them or their ideals demented and dangerous. Uh, I'm guessing you don't agree with Joe Biden, do you? No. He, the Secretary of the U.N. got it from Joe Biden. It's obvious. This is the oligarch narrative. 
Okay, I have a question for my colleague in London. Okay, is Mr. Salvini white? He would uh, self-identify as white, and and I unfortunately, many of the supporters of the Liga in Italy are supporters of white supremacy, and although the white European might be a broad definition ethnically. Uh, it's what people identify as. And in America, there's a group, not just the Proud Boys, other groups who have targeted non-white immigrants, particularly coming from Central America and Mexico, and also Islamic groups. Here in Europe, it's more the Islamic minorities in countries like France and the Netherlands. Uh, but we, they self-identify as white. And quite rightly say there was an awful lot of a... on Twitter uh, okay. at the time okay. Black they're, they're, Lives Matter of white people standing they're, they're, up and saying, white lives matter. We matter. Okay, go ahead. Michael Jones. The yeah, there was an article in the New York Times uh, when the Italians became white. Okay, there was a time here in America when Italians were not white. Okay. Now we have a now we have a situation where this category of white is being imposed on anybody that the government doesn't like. Okay, so I was involved in this situation here this summer. St. Louis, there's a statue. Everybody's tearing down statues this summer, and there's a statue of St. Louis, uh, the patron of the city. Okay, this statue has to come down. Well, wh why? I mean, it's not Robert E. Lee. What's going on here? Is St. Louis white? Uh, so the man who's orchestrating this campaign says uh, it's white supremacists who are defending the statue of St. Louis. Well, you look into the story and it turns out those white supremacists are praying the rosary. Is this something that white supremacists do? No, it's something the Catholics do. And so what we're seeing here, the classic example of what I'm talking about, this is identity theft. Anytime you use the word white, you are engaging in identity theft. And so the whole narrative here is as soon as you identify a group as white, they've lost the battle. Because as soon as you're white, you're racist. And as soon as you're racist, you have no rights. So I entered into this discussion, wrote an article on it. Within hours of posting the article on the internet, this guy, Umar Lee, challenges me to a debate in which I, at the debate, uh, I changed the narrative. So it's not a battle between white supremacists and black people. It's a battle between Catholics and Jews, because the Jews are the only people who are concerned about Louis, the, uh, King Louis of France because he burned the Talmud. This is the type of misdirection that is being orchestrated by the people who run the show now in the United States. And now the, 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 the idiots who are in charge of the United Nations are too stupid to understand what's going on. I think we got six topics out of what uh, statements there that E. Michael Jones uh, just made. I'm trying to break that down in my head. Um, I'm having a tough time uh, wrapping my head around some of the things that you said, E. Michael Jones. I'm going to come back to you, though, because I'm going to give uh, the floor now to uh, uh, Jonathan Fryer. Jonathan Fryer, uh, there's a map uh, that has about 20 countries in Europe that uh, have nationalist parties that uh, came into power um, uh, just very recently. You could talk about... Well, gosh, that, that covers quite a number of countries, Italy, France, Spain, uh, you name it. Why, has, why have white nationalists um, actually struck such a chord with the population itself, uh, at large, I should say, uh, for them to come into power and hold political posts? Well, because 
essentially they've been talking to grievances uh, among a certain proportion of white people. But I think we need to make the distinction between white people and white supremacists. Although white supremacists are white, as they see it, they are nonetheless very different from the majority of white people who have embraced the multiculturalism of the European and indeed European Union and of the United Kingdom. But what we've seen right across Europe, from Hungary through to Spain and Portugal, is the recent arrival of a strong minority opinion amongst white disenfranchised people who feel that they have grievances against the state, either the state is handling the COVID epidemic badly or that they ought to get the, uh, the virus protection, the vaccine, before the white minority, before the minority communities. And we're seeing a very difficult situation here in Europe. As I say, it's definitely happening. It's not a figment of imagination of Antonio Guterres, and it's not even something that's coming originate from the United States, I don't believe. I really think there is a problem here in Europe that's been developing over several years, long before the pandemic began, and which is largely because of the large influx of Islamic migrants to Hungary and Poland and other parts of Europe who came from Syria in particular. And although Germany opens doors and welcome, the right-wing groups in other countries, on the contrary, have been very antagonistic to these new arrivals. And we've seen within the Mediterranean countries, Italy, Spain, and so on, uh, a backlash against these new arrivals and the backlash against Islam. That I don't agree at all with Michael, who said that this is a Christian or Catholic versus Jews. This is more Christian civilization versus Islamic civilization. For those of Britain majority, it's not a problem. But for white extremists, it is a problem. Okay, well, E. Michael Jones, uh, I want to go back to your statements there. And, and please walk us through, if you can. Uh, and the first angle that I'd like to ask you on is uh, your general statement where you said uh, the U.S. is not white. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to understand uh, why this label white now uh, is being used in your eyes by the government, uh, what the reasons are, the motives behind the, the government uh, to, to look at it in the angle and lens that you are. Um, I mean, if, if, if you can back that, back that up for us a little bit here. Yes, yes. The motive is political control. As soon as a group is white, they're bad because they're racist. So if they can get you to identify as white, you already lost. Charlottesville, classic example of what I'm talking about. So what am I? So what? Uh, what is a white guy? Okay, there are people who identify as white. It's a Protestant doesn't go to church anymore. Okay, and what I'm talking about now is the real theory of ethnicity. It's a word we have to bring up here. Ethnicity is the antithesis of race in this instance. Okay, and there's a theory about American ethnicity, and it's called the triple melting pot sociological theory that says after the rations in America, your ethnicity is determined by your religion. That is what happened in St. Louis. So there are three ethnic groups in America. They're Protestant, Catholic, and Jew. That's your identity. That's your ethnic identity in America. That's what the oligarchs are trying to destroy. That's what I restored when I, uh, when I wrote the article about St. Louis. That's the real dynamic about what's going on here. 
whether my colleague agrees with me or not, that's the story in America. It's ethnic. And I'm not white. I'm biracial. I'm Irish and I'm German. Now, how that these things are all being erased in a, in a massive campaign of identity theft. Well, uh, this brings about uh, the whole notion uh, of going to waste, Jonathan Fryer, of multiculturalism, whether it's religious multiculturalism or uh, uh, any type that uh, would fall under that umbrella from, as I mentioned, religion to race to you name it. But we're having uh, consequences of tensions which has amounted to violence and uh, acts such as uh, xenophobia. I mean, uh, you, uh, uh, that's what happened in Europe, uh, th that forced the MEPs uh, in the European Parliament to uh, take firm action against neo-fascist, as they call the neo-Nazi groups. And maybe some people uh, don't know what a neo-fascist group perhaps is. Um, so hasn't the, the negative notions, uh, uh, what is at the heart of this problem, again, violence perhaps being one of the negative consequences? Well, I think it's at the heart of the problem is the fact, as the Secretary General of the UN rightly pointed out, the fact that these groups are talking to each other, that Steve Bannon from the United States is in close contact with far-right groups here in Europe, and that European MEPs of different parties have realized that they have much in common, that Gertwilders in the Netherlands or the new uh, Vox Party and the Iberian Peninsula are meeting together and are discussing things together and realizing that they have common cause, which is to attack the uh, white majority from a white supremacist point of view. So that they claim that the white majority is the establishment of Europe, but the white majority is not listening to the white minority the white supremacists who argue that the not only is white right, the white is best, and that therefore we should be better if you support the white people. And this is a narrative that appeals to certain people, particularly of little education, who have a lot of um, pressures on them at the moment, particularly during the pandemic. The unemployment rate has risen in Europe as it has in the United States, and not everybody receives the sort of help that is available from the government. And therefore, they are approving this sort of message that is coming across from a minority. It's a minority which has a voice and which is able through social media these days to communicate with each other as well as communicate with the general population. Okay, my final question goes to you, E. Michael Jones. The statement that uh, the U.S. Secretary General has made um, is in reference to the politicians who have this notion of white supremacy. How can, uh, he said, uh, I'm sorry, quote, we need global coordinated action to defeat this grave and growing danger. So what does he propose to do? I mean, what does he have uh, as a game plan, do you what think? He's got, what he's got is a worldwide rebellion against the oligarchs. That's what's going on. India is part of this. The Yellow Vest, Brexit, Trump, all sorts of people are upset with oligarchic rule. These are not white supremacists. I'm, I'm trying to tell you it's their category. If you collaborate by putting this label on people who are upset with the oligarchic rule, you're working for the oligarchs. It's a category of the mind. You should be able to see through this and see the political purpose behind it. If you can't, you're part of the problem. 
Very well. We're going to have to end it there. Thank you very much. Very enlightening indeed. Uh, let me thank our guests, editor of Culture Wars Online Magazine, Michael Jones, there with his statements, and author and broadcaster, Jonathan Fryer. Pleasure. Talk to us from London. That does it for this edition of the debate. From Ikawa Tawai, entire team in the capital, Tehran. It's goodbye. <laughs>